0: Welcome to Identity Church Sunday morning message, where a sonship is revealed. Stay tuned at the end of this message to receive more information about resources available through Identity Church. Now grab your Bible, sit back, and enjoy a message from Identity
1: Church that is already in progress.
0: Well, welcome to Identity Church. We're so happy you're joining us here again live. There's a few people in the audience as we... Right? Come on. I hope this uh, This is, I believe, I'm speaking prophetically that this is the last recorded video that's going to be needed before the coronavirus, right? Seven? That's the number of perfection that's here tonight, so... Um, I'm praying that this is uh, We're winding down here at the end of April And we're all going to get Back to work in the month of May I know parents are anxious For their children to go back to school We've seen enough of them It's been like an extended summer And uh The honey to-do list got longer. You thought it would have gotten shorter, but it got longer. But we want to welcome all of you listening online. We hope that this is uh, going to end. We've got the National Day of Prayer is next Thursday. That's May the 7th, first Thursday of the month. And so we're going to hopefully, I'm hoping that we're going to be able to do that in person and not uh, a recorded video. That'll be great. I'm speaking that by faith. That'll be our first get together. Our first let's get back together as a church on the national day of prayer. How cool would that be? Um, If you haven't gotten uh, one of these, we'll be happy to get one to you. Then it's all about what the national day of prayer is about this year. Uh, and we'll have more information as we get closer to that date. But let's talk about tithes and offering. Come on! I just heard the elders discussing. Whoo! We're gonna make it. <laughs> that was that a faith statement? <laughs> but we need your contributions. Come on! So, no, it was a faith statement. Faith. So you can give online. Um, you can stop by the church and give it at the kiosk. If you can mail it in or you can text it in to 386-753-3233. You can also do it right on the Identity Church app. You can give on the app. So there's, you just can't give in service right now. So hopefully soon, right? Yeah, there's plenty of ways to give here at Identity Church. All right. So um, Pastor Charlie's not here. So we're going to take advantage of that, right? Because he's not here. When the cat's away, you know what they say. (laughs) The mice will talk about him. (laughs) Anyway, you know, he just finished up his third book, um, Baptism of Innocence. And uh, I really think, uh, I told Charlie when he got this, these books done, that it was a trilogy. It was really a series of books that uh, go together. And for those of you that have not read uh, Charlie's books, his first one is Church Fathers versus Kingdom Sons. And then he's got From Rape to Righteousness, which is uh, him and Pastor Susie's story. Uh, And it's excellent. And then now he's just finished The Baptism of Innocence. So if you haven't gotten your copy of that, you need to get a copy. Um, you can order it from his website I don't know, can we order it from our website? Or does it lead him to there, his website? Okay, so it is a link to his website So from our website, you can link to his website And you can order the book Tell your friends about it I'm telling you, this baptism of innocence will get down on the inside of you And work on it, on you in ways you didn't think were possible Right? It has me I mean, I'm giving in a little bit to this whole grace message finally Right? It's been hard Amen But tonight we've got, uh, uh, I almost called you Pastor Karen, but that would work, right? You're ordained. So um, we've got Karen who's going to share tonight and, uh, and then I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to close it out with her and uh, we're going to see what God does. But I'm excited. I'm excited about our church. I'm excited about our church family. I'm excited about what God is doing in the earth. It's all good because you know why? God is good. God is good. No matter what, he's good. And so that's, that's my theme uh, scripture for, my, for the year 2020 for me. God is good. Amen. Karen?
2: I just wanted to share a little bit with you. Um, I love this this church. You can just be yourself. So I wanted to share something with you and encourage you uh, in a way that the Lord encouraged me. I was going back through my journal to find out um, when actually he told me to start doing this, and it was a couple of months ago. And uh, it really made a lot of sense. He actually asked me uh, to start taking communion every morning with my granddaughter. And uh, my response was, but Lord, I don't have those little cups in the house anymore. I use them all up. So he began to talk to me about a way that we could take communion without using any elements at all. And um, this is where he brought me to. In Luke twenty-two nineteen, 19, we see that Jesus breaks the bread with his disciples at his Last Supper, instructing them to do this in remembrance of me. So he's asking them to repeat this process, and repeat the process of remembering him. And I want to talk a little bit about the significance of remembering. And one of the things the Lord was showing me at this particular time in history, we must not be conformed to the world, but be transformed by the renewing of our minds with the Word of God. And I want to read the translation out of New Living, the New Living Translation of Romans 12, verse 2. I like this. It says, don't copy the behavior and the customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect. And so where he brought me was John, to the book of John. And so I'm going to go through the book of John and look at the five I am's in this book uh, so that I can see him and remember him in those aspects of his character. In this very unsettling time, I think it's really important to dig into the Word of God. And it reminded me, I was sharing with Ron before, about uh, the Lord gave me a scripture this morning when I was doing my devotion. It was Jeremiah 15, 16. And uh, Jeremiah is saying, Thy words were found, and I did eat them, and thy word was unto me, joy and rejoicing of my heart, for I am called By the name of the lord of hosts so we just have to remember he's the lord of hosts at this time every time and his word is uh extreme nourishment to our spirit and to our body so the first one that He he says is in john 6 verse 48 and then a little bit in 50 and 51. he says to his disciples i am the bread of life I am the living bread which came down from heaven, and if anyone eats this bread, he will live forever, and the bread that I shall give is my flesh, which I shall give for the life of the world. And so in the mornings when I'm with my granddaughter, we take this word and we break it open, and we thank God that he is feeding us that day everything that we need for our nourishment, spiritually and physically. And I believe that at this time for us, it's very significant because he's doing it for us so that we can feed others. This is a time where we have the opportunity to feed others with the word of God. And the second uh, I am is from John chapter 8. It's verses 12 and 14. He says, I am the light of the world. He who follows me shall not walk in darkness, but have the light of life. That's John 8, 12, and 14. He is able to set in alignment with heaven any darkness we face. And that's like what Ron was just sharing about this, um, this innocence message. When we are in a time like this, it causes us to reflect on our own selves and what God, what we have not allowed the Lord to touch in our own lives. So all of us have a little bit of darkness. This particular declaration of Jesus happens during the incident of the attempted stoning of the adulteress. I like what he said in verse 14. When confronted by the Pharisees, Jesus' reply to them was, Even if I bear witness of myself, my witness is true, for I know where I came from and where I am going. And so when we sit and think about this as the light, and we break open this revelation, and we talk about it, it really empowers us in our faith, because it reminds us of who God created us to be. It reminds us of our destiny and it builds us up on the inside, from the inside out. And there is a command in Ephesians 5.8 that I'm reminded of when I sit with her in the morning, and it is, walk as children of light. It's basically a I'm being admonished to walk as a child of light. If we are sons and daughters of the Father of lights, then this is something that we should strive for during this time. The third one is, I am the door. If anyone enters by me, he will be saved. And that's what the Lord tells us in John 10, 9. I like how it expounds on it a little bit more. In verse 3 of this chapter also refers to Jesus as the doorkeeper the one who is speaking, the voice that becomes the entryway for us. So his voice goes before us. It breaks up the cedars. We can see in Psalms 29 that his voice is very powerful. And so if we are in him and in his sound, we're going to cause breakthrough in what we say, how we pray as we move forward. Um, I'm thinking about uh, my friend Beverly. I have a couple of references to her. (laughs) Great advice. But I wrote down here, we need to lie in the feather bed that my friend Beverly describes. We need to just rest and knowing that God is preparing the way for us. We don't have to strive and make things happen. So many people are striving, striving, getting all anxious and fearful, and it's it's crazy. We just need to rest. Coronavirus or no coronavirus, we need to rest in the Lord. It doesn't matter. Our circumstances should not dictate our behavior. The word of God should be the lamp across, you know, on our pathway that we should be following. So the fourth one is, I am the good shepherd, and I know my sheep, and I am known by my own. As the Father knows me, even so I know the Father, and I lay down my life for the sheep. And the other sheep I have, which are not of this fold, them also I must bring. They will hear my voice, and there will be one flock and one shepherd. That's from John 10, verses 14, 15, and 16. And there's one thing we have to remember. Uh, I know that uh, during my 34 years as a Christian, I would be a liar if I said that I didn't judge people, I didn't look at people with judgment in my eyes over over all this time. And I think, um, you know, even at this time, we've been challenged in that particular area. And um, when the Lord is saying here, He is compassionate. He said, I must bring. He has an empathy in His heart for those who are less fortunate than us and in many ways and he will bring every person that his father has given to him whether we like what they look like or not no matter where they live it doesn't make any difference to him because he is a god full of mercy and he is slow to anger so he is for everyone all the time everywhere and he says when he says i must bring them that's the kind of heart that we need to have at this time is we need to look for opportunities where we can share this compassion and mercy and bring people to the Lord. I think um, this is giving us opportunity to get ready to um, for the end-time harvest that's coming. He's honing our skills. He's honing our people skills on how to represent him well in the earth. And the fifth one is, I am the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me, though he may die, he shall live John eleven twenty five. 25. For this reason alone, we shouldn't fear because we can be at peace in our spirits to say, even as Jesus said, I know where I came from and I know where I'm going. This is the beauty of his blood covenant, the perfection to be remembered when we break open the word before him. And that's what my granddaughter and I have been doing for the last couple of months, just reflecting on each one of these names, how it how it is appropriated in our life, how it affects our lives, how it affects our decisions. And um, well, I used that scripture before, Jeremiah 15, 16, about the word of the Lord being sweet when we eat it. So these are the five I am's we have remembered him. And I want to spend just a few moments talking a little bit about the significance of God remembering us Because sometimes we feel alone, whether we're in this crisis situation or whether we're just before this happened. People feel alone, and we don't have to feel alone. So, um, yes, especially now, um, a lot of us have been touched in a very significant way, During this crisis, soon to be over, I agree with Ron. We're walking through the door, I'm sure, very soon. So what is the significance of remembering for us? In the remembering, we're brought back to the present, to the reality of our world, to the borders of our destiny in God. It's not just our remembering Jesus and what he has done for us or who he is or how that translates into our life, but it's also in the realization as we are, we are God's children and we are remembered by him. We are never alone. God remembers us. I'm going to give you a couple of examples, really major examples. God remembered Noah in Genesis 8.1 and saved mankind through the vehicle of the ark. So he is going to save us through our tribulations and our trials because he always makes a way. He's the way maker. So we can rest in that, in that feather bed, knowing God is going to make a way for us no matter what it looks like. God remembered Rachel in Genesis 30, and he opened her barren womb and brought forth the nation of Israel. So in this transition between birth and destiny fulfilled, that's where we're at, and he's going to do it. It's not easy. Transition is never easy in the birthing process, but he has a plan, and we just need to hang on and, like Beverly says, embrace the cactus and just move on. That's the way it is. God remembered Hannah, 1 Samuel 1, verse 19, and brought into the world one of the greatest prophets through our intercession and supplications, the word of God is brought forth. So I just really encourage everyone to be persistent in your prayers, no matter what it looks like, even if you feel like, well, God forgot you. No, he didn't forget you, you know? I mean, yeah, I've been praying for my kids for over twenty five years, and I'm still praying and still waiting, but you know, God is faithful, and God is good, like Ron said. So I just want to encourage you, whether in our distresses or in our thanksgiving, God sees it all as El Roi, He remembers us just like he saw Hagar in the desert ready to give up. He remembered her. He remembers us. He is El Shaddai and he will satisfy us with whatever we need. So I want to just encourage you to be persistent in your prayer, in your prayers. Be encouraged, you're not alone. We're not hidden from our Father. Each one of us is exactly where we need to be at this time of his story. We have to remember this is his story. It is his movie, like my friend Beverly would say. So we just need to sit back and relax and do our part as he asks us and pushes, you know, presses on our heart to do whatever he asks us to do. So I want to ask Ron to come up because I know he has got something to carry over. Right? Right? Yes.
0: Good job. Thank you, Karen. Awesome. I want to just go back and highlight what she just said. His story. We got one author of this book, 66 books, 39 in the old, 27 in the new. There's one author. His name is God. He's our father. And he's, and he's good. He is good. Um, but what does it mean to be in his story? Does that always mean it's good for you? No. It doesn't. It doesn't mean that everything is hunky-dory. I wish somebody would have told me when I first got saved, it's not going to be easy. <laughs> I wish somebody had been honest and said, there's going to be a lot of warfare now that you've signed up to be on the team. I wish they would have told me about the work that was involved so that I could have mentally prepared uh, myself for what it looked like to be a Christian because Even though I didn't know at the time, I was born into a war, and this has been nothing but a war since. But in spite of all that, here's the thing. Maybe your story right now is not exactly the way you want it to be. Maybe during Corona, you lost a job. Maybe both of you, your spouse lost a job. Maybe you lost your house. Maybe you lost a car. Maybe you lost everything. The thing is, is it's still his story. He has you exactly where he wants you to be. And one of the things that, um, you know, she mentioned Beverly, so true. One of the books she read was by Merlin Carruthers, Prison to Praise. And he took this and he preached this in uh, the prisons in America. And he, you know, what better place to figure out uh, where you're at and, to, and then to decide, I'm going to praise God in spite of this. And it's biblical to praise God no matter the circumstances. It's all throughout the Psalms. David proves it. All throughout the Psalms, he praises. Even when he tells his soul, why are you so desperate? He's talking to himself. Why are you so downcast, oh my soul? Yet I will praise him again, right? And so there is a, there is a key, there is a power that is unlocked when we praise God no matter our circumstances. Believe me, this has been a hard one for me to learn in the last year and a half to praise God no matter what I'm going through. Because sometimes I would like my going through to be a lot better than it, it currently is or has been. Sometimes we have to bury some of those things in the past, perform a, a, a service, a funeral service for it, and mourn over those things that are gone and move, and, and move on. Maybe you've, maybe you've lost your job. Maybe you had the best job in the whole world. I had to mourn over the loss of what I had in Georgia when I moved to Florida and I had to have a service over that thing and I had to get my tears out and then I needed to start praising God for where I am because here's the truth. Being in Florida these last three years has been the best thing that has ever happened to me in my life in God and in my life in marriage and my life as a husband and a father. It's been the best thing that's ever happened to me. I've learned more in the last three years and I've gotten more free in God in the last three years than I have my whole Christian life. That's something to praise him about. I think a lot of times we get so caught up and wrapped up into what's going on that we can't see the bigger picture that God is working all things for our good. So if we believe that and if we trust him, then we can actually praise him while we're hugging the cactus that's poking the hell out of us. That's the truth. It's poking the hell, the literal Hades, the things that come, the parts of ourselves that need to come out. It's poking. It's, it's the same thing as saying embracing the cross. So when I take up my cross daily, what I'm saying is I'm dying to myself. When I say I'm embracing the cactus, what I'm saying is I'm accepting things the way they are. I'm accepting it how it is, and I'm going to praise God in the midst of it. And that's where the true freedom and the true peace comes from. I'm going to give you an example. I like to tell stories. And Charlie's not here, so I can do what I want. <laughs> well, Rodney's here, and Gary, and and Michael. <laughs> so I am surrounded by elders, and Kathy. <laughs> the whole elder team is here, so I'm in trouble if I get out of line. So back uh, some years ago, maybe 15 years ago, maybe 16 years ago, I know my daughter was very young and I was, I was, uh, asking God, I need to, I wanted to be in full-time ministry so bad I could taste it, but I had a job. I was a dump truck driver. I, d- I drove dump trucks. I was a trash man, you know? And so I was not exactly where I wanted to be. <laughs> and I, I wanted to be because I wanted to be in full-time ministry. And, I, and I, I said to the Lord, I said, if you could just give me, if if you just let me be in full-time ministry, I'd pray and worship 8 hours a day. Oh, at least. I'd give 8 hours. I'd I'd treat it like a job. And the Lord said, "Ron, you've already got 3 hours a day and you're not spending any of that time with me." I said, "What are you talking about 3 hours? I, said, I don't have 3 hours a day." He said, "You have your hour drive to work, your hour at lunch, and your hour drive home." I was like, "Oh, Yeah, he had a two by four, Michael, and he hit me right in the face with it. So I took his challenge. I started worshiping the Lord in the morning for an hour. And then at my lunch break, I I was trying to find a place to go. And I kept looking and I I, I worked in an industrial part of town. So it wasn't like I could find this really cool place to go. Well, did you know I found a nature reserve with walking trails? And they had three or four miles worth of walking trails. So I would go and I would walk on my lunch break and there was a lake and woods and it was beautiful. And most days I was there to complain about my boss that I was currently working for. (laughs) So um, I would would get all my frustrations, all my irritations out, uh, probably for the first 30 minutes of my walk. And then I think God was like, finally, shut up. And then he would start talking to me. And these were some really intimate moments that I began to have with God. Well, one of those days I was talking to him and he said, son, I was crying my eyeballs out. You know, that ugly kind of cry where your shoulders are rolling, you know, and it snot's coming out everywhere and you hope you don't run into anybody, you know, because I'm out in the middle of this park. We're in public and I'm just bawling because the Lord was just, you know, Tenderize tenderizing my heart. That's what happens when we get in the word and when we spend time with him, he begins to tenderize our heart. So I was pretty tender. And uh, he said, I want you to go read Psalm 34, 17. And I'm like, I can't even see the paper. I don't know what you want, how I'm supposed to do that. So I got my Bible because I want to be obedient. And it says this in the Passion Translation, yet when the holy lovers of God cry out to him with all their hearts, the Lord will hear them and come to rescue them from all their troubles. And another translation says, when the righteous cry, the Lord hears and delivers them out of all their troubles. That made it worse. I was already crying. He said the right, he was calling me righteous. That's what I heard. Forget the rest of the scripture. I heard the righteous cry. Cause I had not felt like a righteous person most of my life. That's how God wants to speak to us in the midst of our story, no matter what we're going through, no matter what's happening. If we can, yeah, you can get it. It's okay to be human and get your stuff out. Get it out. He doesn't mind. He's a big boy. God's a big boy, right? He can handle our stuff. Some people get, you know, kind of shrink down like God can't handle it. I know some conversations I've had with God, I'm sure that Pastor Charlie's had with God, it's been like, uh, <laughs> I would never say that to God. But I'm like, I mean, I have to get raw because I mean I, I don't think he wants it any other way. And so, but after we do that, then we can we what we do is we clear out space where we can hear God and He can pour back into us because what we've been doing is holding on to something that we don't need to be holding on to. So what am I saying? He's the author of Of the story And if he's the author Then where I am And what I'm doing Is exactly where I'm supposed to be Exactly doing exactly What he wants me to do I was grieving over the fact That I'm turning 50 this year Oh Oh yeah, so I, I'm not going to send y'all an invitation to my party then, if that's how we... will we'll bring you black gifts. <laughs> okay. But, you know, at 50, it, I don't know, it, maybe y'all can remember this since you're slightly over 50. Was that nice enough? Was that politically correct? <laughs> Some of them are well over. No, I'm just, that's terrible. Um, but you probably, as you were approaching 50, you were thinking, I thought I'd be somewhere different. Than I am right now at 50 Am I the only one that ever thought Is is thinking that So So, so you're you're approaching 50 You're approaching 50 and you're thinking I thought I was going to be at a different place in life Than I am right now This is not exactly where I wanted to be I could still be driving a garbage I'd made a lot of money Driving a garbage truck I just want you to know <laughs> And I I think I had benefits I don't remember but it was good But I got As I'm approaching 50 I had all these ideas Of where I thought I would be In my 20s I said Oh I'm surely Going to be in full time Ministry at some point Any day now The older people In their 50s At that time Were like No way <laughs> 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 Yeah Still today No way <laughs> Never, He's got too many kids To be in full time Ministry They'll starve <gasps> <sighs> So what I'm saying is is we have these we have this idea of where we're supposed to be compared to where we are. Right? If we can begin to praise God right where we are, we may one day end up getting to where we're, we think we should be, but we may not. But if we just praise him it won't matter because you'll have a peace that surpasses all your natural understanding. That's what it means. And so what I began to do in this last year and a half is I just began to thank God for where I am right now, because this is where he wants me to be, de- because he's the author of my story. And if I really believe what I believe, then I should trust him in, in the middle of all this, no matter what. Even before there was a coronavirus, we, have to learn, we had to learn to trust him, right? And long after the coronavirus is gone, we're still going to have to trust God, Because here's the thing she said it a minute ago. Truth is, the end of the book is a lot scarier than the beginning of the book. But here's the thing. If we trust God, then it's okay. Ten of the, one of them committed suicide because he was a a traitor. But the other ten disciples were all martyred for his sake. That's something we don't want to talk about in church. We don't want to talk about the idea of being martyred for Jesus. I'm sure it wasn't something they wanted to discuss 2,000 years ago. But they watched their Savior be martyred for our sins. And then Peter was so bold to say, I don't even want to be martyred like Jesus. Hang me upside down. I'm not worthy to be martyred like he was. Where does that come from? Only God can give you that. Only God can do that for you. If if you leave that up to me, I'll never have that. But I'm telling you, he'll prepare us for whatever we need to be prepared for. And if you think about it, all the things you've been through through your life have credentialed you to help other people. Have they not? Think about all the people you've helped because of something you went through. We have wanted and we've seen it in this generation, this generation that's coming up now. My family gave more to us than they had, and so on and so forth. And we've given more to this generation than my generation got. And so what we've created is this generation of, of young people that just expect everything to be handed to them. And we don't want them to go through stuff. And we don't want them to experience any pain. But think about my grandparents that went through the Depression, they learned something. They were credentialed for the next season. Think about the people that went through World War II. In that generation, they were credentialed for that, for that next thing. But we, I think we did a little bit of a disservice to the young people. But see, even God knows that. Cause I See, I think he's going he's to do something with the young people that's going to blow all of our minds because they're not easily uh, wowed and wooed by just normal things. They You've really got to do something big to get the young people's attention this day. So I have a feeling God understands that, and he's going to do something pretty amazing as we close out human history to capture the attention of a whole entire generation. But he's not done with the moms and dads. He's not done with you. He's not done with me. You want to get through this season better than you've ever gotten through a season before? Thank him for what, with the way it is. If they took your house, thank him. If they took your car, thank him. If they took this or that or the other, thank him because he knew already and he's got something good for you. It may not be, listen, I'm not going to give you a prosperity message. He's going to give you a bigger house and a bigger car. Ha! That isn't what, the, that's not it. That is not it. What he's going to give you is peace that surpasses all understanding as you begin to praise him. That's what this season is about. And that's what the seasons ahead are about. I told Charlie, what I thought about this, the season that we've been in with Corona, it's a dress rehearsal. It is a literal dress rehearsal, and when you do a dress rehearsal, it's so that you're you're practicing so that when the real thing happens, you're ready. In the military, we practice the same drills over and over and over again, because when it came down to doing warfare, they didn't want us to think. They just wanted us to react, because if I stood there and thought about it, then I'd freeze. If I put A, B, I just, you know, you try to put all the stuff. they just wanted you to react. God, in this season, if you ask yourself this personal question, what have I learned during this season of Corona? Well, I learned free or can creep in in all different types of areas in my life that I didn't know. <laughs> and I had to thank God. Oh, well, my wife lost her job. Well, <laughs> how are we going to be? How am I going to feed my family? How am I, how am I gonna, you, know? you know, and then when you thought you got that dealt with, then you have friends that are dying of the coronavirus. So fear creeps in in another area. And you're like, well, i got fear of death. I've got fear of mortality, right? I've got to deal with that now. So he's put his finger on different areas in our lives, even in this dress rehearsal, so that he could tweak a few things. Not that we're bad people. He wants to tweak a few things in us. That's what I believe this season has been about. Has the devil been involved in it? Absolutely. You know, he has a plan too. It's not God's plan. It's his plan. I just can't believe he still doesn't get it. He's going to lose, but he that's pride, I guess, because he's bent on winning right? So he has this idea, his plan. Then I know man has been involved in this. Man has their plans, right? There's a plan that man has, but you know what he says in Psalms 2? He looks down at all of it and he laughs. That's what God does. So in this season, no matter what you've been through, no matter what you've lost, it could be a loved one. I know that I've lost I lost my some of my most favorite people in my life and it was the hardest thing I ever walked through and I, and I believe in a I believe in mourning. You definitely need to mourn. It's healthy. But as you begin as you have the opportunity again to to I had a friend who whose son died when she, he was 16 years old. First time he drove, he died. And the only thing she could pray was help. That's it. That's all she could pray. That's okay with that. That's your praise for that morning. You're acknowledging he's still sitting on the throne. Help is all you got is saying, you know, I, I, don't, I, can't, I don't have a long drawn out prayer for you today, God. All I, all I can say to you is help. I think when Lazarus died, all Jesus could do was weep. That's why it said Jesus wept because it was his best friend. It was somebody that he loved. He was an emotional person. He was a human being. He shared and understands our suffering and what we go through. That's the great high priest that we serve. And so when I praise him, I'm telling him I trust him. I believe in him. And and I know that he's got my back. Amen? I didn't even know that was all in there, but it is. It was. It was. Oh, I I want to read this last part because I thought it was so cool. Psalm 34 that I just lost back here in the Bible. There it is. He says this in verse 18. This is right after what I just read. The Lord is close to all whose hearts are crushed by pain. And He is always ready to restore the repentant one. Even when bad things happen to the good and godly ones, the Lord will save them and not let them be defeated by what they face. God will be your bodyguard to protect you when trouble is near. Not one bone will be broken, but the wicked commit slow suicide for they hate and persecute the lovers of God. Make no mistake about it. God will hold them guilty and punish them. They will pay the penalty but the Lord has paid for the freedom of His servants, and He will freely pardon those who love Him, and He will declare them free and innocent when they turn to hide themselves in Him. I thought, how cool is that? He declares them innocent. He declares you innocent. If you're at home right now and you're watching this online, I just want you to put your hand over your heart and say, Lord, thank you. Thank you for every situation and circumstance that I find myself in right now. I'm choosing to thank you in the midst of whatever I'm going through because you're good. You are good and I can trust you. So I thank you this morning, I thank you this evening, I thank you in the afternoon, I thank you for all that you're doing in my life, because you said you would work all things for my good. Lord, bless and keep everyone that we know in this church and those that we touch outside of this church, friends and family that go beyond even the borders here in Volusia Seminole County, Lord, to the uh, far ends of the earth, the people that we are in fellowship with and in relationship with. Father, touch them as they're embracing their cactus or their cross in this season, Lord. I'm asking that you would touch them. And you'd pour upon them the balm of Gilead in Jesus' name. Amen.
1: Through every battle, through every heartbreak, through every circumstance, I believe that you are my fortress, and you are my portion, and you are my hiding place. I believe that through every battle, through every heartbreak, through every circumstance, I believe that you are my fortress, and you are my portion, as you are my hiding place. I believe you are the way, the truth, the lie. I believe you are the way, the truth, the light. And I believe that through every blessing, through every promise, through every breath I take, I believe that you are provider. Yes, you are protector. And you are the one that I love. I believe you are the way, the truth, the lie. I believe you are the way, the truth, the lie i believe that through every battle through every heartbreak through every circumstance oh i believe that you are my fortress yes you are my portion you are my hiding place oh you are I believe you are the way, the truth, the life. I believe you are the way, the truth, the life i believe that through every blessing through every promise through every breath i take oh i believe that you are provider yes you are protector you are the one that i love i believe the way The truth Oh, the lie I believe, I believe in The way The truth The lie I believe it's a new horizon, and I'm set on you. And you meet me here today with mercies that are new. Oh, all my fears and doubts, oh, they can all come to, Because they can't stay long when I believe that you are the way the truth, the life. I believe you are the way, the truth. Oh, you are the life. Yes, I believe you are Oh, I believe it, I believe you are Oh, you are, you are, you are, you are Oh, you are, you are, you are, you are You're building my confidence in you building our confidence in you. You're building our confidence in the truth of who you are, oh, you are. You're building our confidence in you. You're building my confidence in you. You're building my confidence in the truth of who you are, and the truth of who you are. the truth of who you are I believe the way the truth the life I believe you are the way the truth the life I believe you are As love came down and rescued me Love came down and set me free And I am yours, I am forever yours Mountain high or valley low, I sing out, I remind my soul that I am yours, I am forever yours. Love came down and rescued me, love came down and set me free. I am yours, I am forever yours, mountain high or valley low, I sing out, I remind my soul, I am yours, I am forever yours, I am yours, I I am yours, I am yours, I am yours, for all my days, Jesus, I am yours. Oh, love came down and rescued me, love came down Set me free Oh, I am yours I am forever yours Oh, mountain high, valley low I sing out, I remind my soul That I am yours Oh, I am forever yours I am yours I am yours for all my days. Jesus, I am yours. Oh, I am yours. I am yours for all my days. Jesus, I am yours oh i am yours even in the valley or well, when i'm on the mountain jesus i am yours well, even when i'm in the valley
3: Are you really his? Am I really yours, Lord? Have I always been? Maybe during this month, this time, this season, Maybe you gave your life to the Lord for the first time. Or maybe you're about to. Or maybe you just need to, in your living room at home, get on your knees and just tell Him, Lord, I'm Yours. Because this is as simple as that. So pray with me right now. Lord, I'm Yours. I thank You for what you did for me on the cross. I thank you for this time, God, right now in this season, even though I don't understand it all. I thank you for your heart, touching my heart right now. And Lord, I will be yours. I am yours. And I just thank you for that, God. I ask that you show me what that means in these coming days. I ask that you shine your light upon your word for me. Maybe I don't even know what your word is, God. Give me your word. We're coming into a season where people are going to have more questions than some believers have answers. And it's a time to just love on one another. It is a time to open up your hearts. Soon, soon, it will be a time to open up your homes and share your love with them. And when you find those people who have been lost in fear and have come out of it a new person, they'll have questions for you to answer. So, Lord, I just ask that you bless us this time that we've had with you tonight, this morning, whatever time it is. And wherever you are right now, I just ask that the Lord bless you and keep you, that his grace shine upon you, and that he give you peace. In Jesus' name. Thank you for tuning in to today's message from Identity Church. To know more about us, go to
0: IdentityChurch.net, where you'll find resources such as a calendar, media, and upcoming events. You may also download an app for your mobile device from the Apple App Store or Google Play. Then from your mobile device, you can hear our messages. Read from the Bible, take notes, connect with us on the social media, and even pay your tithe. Again, thank you for tuning in to today's message from Identity Church.